So I generally tell people there are three ways to say the same thing. Okay, there's a good way, a great way, and a crappy way. I tell a candidate, you know, you make sure that when you say A, B, C, A, B, C, if the other person's hearing D, E, F, D, E, F, and they say D, E, F back to you and you hear A, B, C, we got a problem. Well, we're talking about communication and it all boils down to communication. You can't steer for them. If they're going to go off the road, bring them back on the road. You know, same thing in this interview process. And hope that that uh, guidance uh, makes a difference. Do you want to be the absolute best candidate for a job you'll love in a career with balance? Veteran leadership career catalyst Jonathan Flax is teaming up with leading executive search professionals to provide you with cutting-edge career transition strategies. Welcome to Career Transition Experts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Flax. Today, we have a brilliant player in the executive search business and a longtime connection, uh, Alan J. Work, who uh, was friendly with uh, both of my sisters back in the day when I was a teenager. And then later in his life, but for the last 31 years or more, has run Work and Partners Executive Search, working with high-level executives, placing them at companies. Welcome, Alan, and thank you for uh, spending time with us. What would you say to start with uh, people will get if they listen to the rest of our conversation? So I generally tell people there are three ways to say the same thing. Okay. There's a good way, a great way, and a crappy way. <laughs> that also that also combines with the other part of things that make sure when you hear something and you're listening that you understand it. That goes hand in hand with the other piece of the puzzle. Yeah, really, those do go very hand in hand. Listening and really making sure you understand what you've heard clearly, because that will inform what you say. And all too often, people answer the wrong question on an interview and in networking. They hear some question, they don't like the question, they answer something else, and they're off to the races, but uh, racing in the wrong direction. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, it's not just the question, Jonathan. It's the back and forth of discussion. You know, I, I, I tell a candidate, you know, you make sure that when you say ABC, ABC, if the other person's hearing DEF, DEF, and they say DEF back to you and you hear ABC, we got a problem. For sure. Uh, you know, three things happen when you throw the football and two are bad, Woody Hayes said. Sort of the same thing here. Um, <laughs> yeah. I spend a lot of time making sure people understand what they heard and making sure that when they're speaking, what they're saying, they mean the way they're saying it. Gotcha. If that makes sense. That's that, that's sure. Absolutely. Well, we're talking about communication and it all boils down to communication. Before we get into that, let's take a, a moment in the departure to just hear a little bit about your background. Tell us about work and partners and, and your focus. Sure. We're a boutique firm. Uh, we're four people. I'm the main doer of the business. So I am out front with the client and the candidate from beginning, middle and end. Uh, we tend to have a Broad focused in and around management and technology consulting, but off of that big umbrella, I've done work in the venture capital space. I've done work on the corporate side, whether it's chief marketing officers, chief digital officers, CIOs, CTOs, et cetera, but sort of all from that management consulting, technology consulting uh, umbrella. 
Gotcha. Okay, great. Tell us how you help a candidate shift from making this kind of error to really understanding what's going on in the conversation. I, I, if and when I find a candidate that sounds like-minded, seems to understand what I'm coming forth with and the opportunity that I'm representing, I spend a lot of time telling them what they told me and conditioning that way of thinking. So if someone says to me, I want to be a right-handed hitting first baseman for the Yankees, and I have that opportunity, I reinforce that throughout the process. I am I am trial closing and closing from the very, very beginning. I don't want to say conditioning someone to my way of thinking because it sounds a little weird, but constantly coming to points of agreement. Now, if in the end they say, oops, I really want to be a soccer goalie, then I did a bad job somewhere along the line and 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 didn't I didn't listen or I mismanaged something in it. You know, I'm not going to tell you it hasn't happened before because mm-hmm. it certainly has, but I, I do take uh, as much care as I can reinforcing the messaging, not only with the candidate, but with the client. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing on both sides of the equation. You know, uh, as someone once told me, I can't screw this up. If two people really want each other, it, it doesn't matter what I do, but I right. can help it. Yeah, yeah, I can't gotta, convince someone to do something they're disinclined to do. I learned that a long time ago. But Yeah. Yeah. Unless they see something for themselves, there's no connection. But you have to find the right people. You have to support them in understanding the interview process and the culture of your clients and hope that that uh, guidance uh, makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So what's an example of someone where – that um, enhancement of the understanding made a difference. The search I just completed um, you know, right. with my candidate, Jim, uh, I spent a lot of, you know, when we originally started to speak, the good and the bad is the same thing. Everybody does the same thing, especially in professional services. 99.9% of what the firms do, all the other firms do. So the distinguisher and the separator for the firms is the culture and the people. Mm-hmm. Real estate's location, 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 consulting's the people, the people, the people. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time with Jim reinforcing and making sure he understood what he was getting involved with and, as importantly, who he was getting involved with throughout. And then, you know, I let him do the driving. You know, he, he became, you know, I, I advocate, you know, I'm the honest broker between two parties. I'm the, I'm the person that gets to say F you to either side. Mm. But I handed him the steering wheel and I, you know, let him drive and helped him through that process. Went off the rails at one point. I, you know, helped steer it back on the road as, as a, as a, as a psychologist once said to me when I was talking about the children, he said, look, you can't steer for them. If they're going to go off the road, bring them back on the road. You know, same thing in this interview process. Yeah. And it went pretty well. You know, there were some twists right. and turns in terms of start dates and a couple of back and forths on numbers, but everything happened for the right way for the right reason. So was there a moment where Jim said something where you knew at that moment he got it, like he understood what was going on? And what was it that he said? You know, I don't know if there was a specific moment, Jonathan. There's a connection you make with certain people. Mm. 
uh, you know, you get on the phone with someone and he's someone I knew in the past. He'd been referred to me in the past before and he had reached out to me recently. And I'm interested in how someone thinks, why they do what they do and what are their motivations. If it matches up with what I'm involved with, as I said, I spent a lot of time telling them what they told me early on. There was a different definite match. Now, in the beginning, some skepticism about, you know, maybe the company and what they were doing because his his knowledge and education about it was, you know, from previous history. So I spent a little time, you know, giving him the history. But, you know, at the end of the day, my best selling features on on either side of the equation is the clients and who they are and hopefully the candidate or candidates and who they are. So that's the way it works. Specifically, you know, I think he got it early on. Um, he was very clear, concise, and complete in what he was looking for. And I think reinforced pretty early on what was attractive about the opportunity. And I think if we sent him a after after fact sheet on how the search firm did with him, I would come up with pretty high marks. Excellent. Um, it was clear, concise, and complete. Uh, that's a really great acronym right there. The three C's of uh, how to express what you're looking for and match to an opportunity is to be clear, concise, and complete. I don't know if that's a model you use or just something you casually just said, but I like it. I, I mean, I do say, you know, as I said, there's a lot of threes in my life. That's another okay. one of the threes. Okay. Um, everything sort of works for me in threes. Okay. Um, and I, tell, I tell people they want to learn, they want to have fun, and they want to make money from an opportunity. That's pretty um, much what we find as well. Yeah. You know, learning, grow, uh, make good money. I tell people, you know, um, well, I, I don't know if I gave you my, did I give you my, what you want to do, what you will do and what you can do. I remember you telling me that when we were talking. Yeah. 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 So there's, you know, what you want to do, what you will do. And if it's what you can do, then that's <laughs> kind of where you're at. And Those three have to line up. If they don't, that's yeah. where you get the middle finger. And and I tell that to candidates and clients. I need to find out what they want to hire, what they will hire, and what they can hire. And the same thing from a candidate. Yeah. Um, so. Interesting distinctions. I, yeah. Yeah. What's an example where it went off the rails or what's the uh, question I ask uh, our guests? What's the dumbest thing you've heard or seen smart people do? I've seen people trying. Uh, I had a situation one of my, I, I, had, I had a situation where a candidate gave me his boss supposedly as a reference and a phone number. And when I called to do the reference, I figured out very quickly that it was the candidate trying to impersonate the oh. person that was his boss. And the funny thing was, I knew his boss from a previous life. And I, I, Jerry, Jerry, I just I said, I said, Jerry, you got to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. This is, you know, can't make this stuff up, you know. And I had to pull him out of the opportunity. I had to call him yeah. up and say, Look, you know, I'm going to withdraw Jer- you know, Jerry's candidacy. Some things have come up that uh, I don't like the way they went, and it's just not going to be the right place. It's, uh, wow. yeah. So, yeah, there's been a, I had a couple yeah. of, well, been a few others similar. Yeah. I, you know, I get people misrepresent their resumes all the time and they don't think it's a big deal, and I make a very big deal about it. Yeah. yeah. Someone says, yeah, I only absolutely. worked there for six months or, you know, I get a resume from someone I know for 20 years and it's the fifth version of the, of, of his or her history. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, you have to be kidding me. First of all, 
someone with a 20 year career has got so many touch points out in the marketplace that they'll walk into a company and they'll see, you know, Joe Smith and they'll say, oh man, I didn't put the fact that I worked at the same company with Joe Smith and now Joe Smith's going to tell. Oh, I have one other good one if I can. Yeah. I, play, I placed a guy, I placed a guy from Data General. This was a long time ago, 1985, a digital equipment corporation and went to work first two weeks and they decided they wanted to take him to a client and they took him to the client and the client was surprised to see him because he had just been there the day before with the data general team. He had never resigned. He had taken a two week vacation, but had to go for this DG meeting to the client and ended up getting fired from both companies. You know, uh, we'll make a little side tip. Honesty is the best policy. And, uh, you know, I'm sure our listeners intend to be honest. Uh, and you don't have to put every every piece of your history into a resume. Um, but you certainly want to make sure you're representing yourself honestly because people will find out the truth. You know, to that inevitably, end, inevitably. To, to that end, Jonathan, one piece of advice I can give anybody that you're working with. Yeah. Unless they are Tom Brady or the president of the United States, a two-page resume should do it. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. do one and a half, one and three quarters. Three if it has to be, if there has yeah. to be a third page. Yeah. But I get, you know, three, You know what those four, research five. shows? Are yeah. We, we, we pair those down over here. Uh, and, and then it, the other thing that happens is, to that, yeah. to that end, someone will spend... In an inordinate amount of space on their resume on a ten-year-old job, yeah, and it's either subconscious because they really liked it, or you know that was their last great accomplishment. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm there's sure ways we help people uh, highlight past, even you know, distant past accomplishments if they represent sort of the kind of favorite work a person wants to return. Sure. But uh, at a glance, if someone sees a resume longer than a page and a half. They have to take a deep breath if they're going to take the time to read it. And the studies show that decision makers only spend seven and a half seconds looking at a resume to decide if they're going to look further. So um, the idea of capturing the highlights, you and I are in alignment on that. I have one, uh, two more questions, and then we'll wrap up for today. Uh, But is there any other really important nugget of wisdom that if uh, the world of candidates understood uh, our listeners who, who are looking to us as career transition experts, that you would feel that you really made a difference today in addition to what you already said. Make sure that there is a beginning, middle, and end to their conversation. Ah, yeah, to every even every story, right? You know, uh, if someone says, spend five minutes telling me about yourself, don't spend two and don't spend 10. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you want to you wanna ensure that you've had the chance to not only listen, but ask your questions. I also tell candidates the other piece of that puzzle, for the most part, it would be very odd or rare for a hiring person to ask you a question that you don't know the answer to. You know, unless it was something out of left field. You know, if you're if you're meeting with someone for a specific opportunity, even if they're way up the food chain, odds are there's going to be whatever questions they ask you are going to be in your sweet spot. The answers to the questions are important, but not as important as the questions you ask. 
The questions you ask show how you think, why you do what you do, and what are your motivations. And those yeah, are those sure. are the important things in an interview. And you might only spend, you know, during that interview, you might only ask three or four questions during the entire piece, but that's what they're going to remember. The answers yeah. to your questions. You know, if there's some unbelievable highlight and, you know, you, you split the atom or when it comes to the field I specialize in, which is management consulting and technology consulting, everybody's really smart. <laughs> <laughs> they've all gone to some of the best schools. Uh, they've all been classically trained probably at some point in their life at somewhere pretty good. And, you know, they a lot of them think that they're God's gift. So yeah. the questions you ask, you know, when you, when you, same thing when you go into a client, right? The other thing I tell candidates, to your point, I tell them to treat it like they're in front of a client. You've done, you know, when you go into a client, you've done some pre-call research, you, you know what's going on, you're going to know the answers to the questions you're asked, but again, the questions you ask are going to be more important to that client Yeah. to say, gee, I want to do business with Jonathan because, you know, he, he really listened to what I've had to say and he's asking me the right questions. So right. kind of a similar thing. Yeah, very good. I think we're in alignment too, and the kind of questions those are, they have to be very leadership oriented, service oriented, and not about the self. They're about what's going to make the role. Uh, what's going what, to what keeps you up at night? Yeah. What, what, what needs to happen the first 90 days for you to be successful, which will help me be successful? Yeah. You know, yeah, there's plenty of, and, and it also allows you to make sure that you're in alignment. Someone could say, Hey, this is great. You know, I think you can go bring in a hundred billion dollars worth of business in 90 days and we're going to do great. And you're like, well, that's not real reality. That's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. We look at it a little differently. We have people ask, what's the long-term success look like? And we have some oh, ways we question. guide people. We, we have some ways which we guide people to really look at what's, yeah. what's the long-term vision because the employer would like to hire long-term and the sure. 90 days has to be in alignment kind of uh, early tracking towards those long-term goals. It has to make sense, like you say. So you and I are in alignment on that. I like That's to ask fun. my guests uh, two personal questions. Go ahead. Do um, you have a favorite uh, artist or rock and roll band? What favorite type of music? No, a favorite musician, singer, or band? Almond Brothers. All right. I've seen them. Oh, I, well, I saw them between 125 and 150 times. Wow. Amazing. Very good. And then uh, do you have any causes that you care about that you want to share? What's your uh, number one most meaningful we're in, cause? We're involved with, uh, my, we lost my father-in-law to Alzheimer's. We lost mm. my mother-in-law to cancer. My mom sort of fell into the COPD thing, but we're, you know, we're probably, you know, American Cancer Society and Alzheimer's tends to be. We have a, a number of things on our website, on the Worker Partners website that we support socially. Uh, gotcha. All right. Well, we're going to put your contact information in the show notes. Okay. Alan, work, working partners. Thank you very much for sharing your time, your wisdom, and your guidance. Thanks, John. Nice and complete. Thank you very much. Good talking to you again. Bye bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Career Transition Experts. If there's anything we can do to help you be the absolute best candidate for a job you love without the typical torture, our contact information is in the show notes. And we are here for you. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.